0: Once there was a peddler who sold caps. But he was not like an ordinary peddler, carrying his wares on his back. He carried them on top of his head. First he had his own checked cap, then a bunch of gray caps, then a bunch of brown caps, then a bunch of blue caps, and on the very top, a bunch of red caps.
1: Welcome to A Thousand and One Good Nights a new podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Turn the pages with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they try to understand the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. So, Nick, um, this is our inaugural podcast. uh, one Thousand and One Good Nights. Why did you pick Caps for Sale as the the first book to do? Which I guess is the, the same question is what do you think is is so interesting about this book in particular?
0: Um, I I think the the first reason maybe is a kind of a overlap of this is one of the few books I really remember from early childhood, like like being having books being read to me. Um, I, I distinctly remember this book and the kind of the plot and the especially the when i went back and read it with my daughter um just the visual style is obviously very striking and maybe we can talk a little bit about that um so i it was one of the few that i really recalled but then um my daughter really latched onto to it um and it, but it's got some really strange elements to it that are I, I, i'm frankly still kind of baffled by um, so i think it's kind of that combination of having an intuitive um attraction to it but being very confused by it at the same time like that that's sort of what set me up to think this would be a good one to to chat with you about um in our uh, in our first episode so i, I want to kind of frame this the the part that's most confusing to me about this story um as i was doing research for uh for the book i was looking for through like old interviews with the author and in one interview she has this quote that i think is really fascinating and it sh- she says the verbal patterns and the patterns of behavior we present to children in these lighthearted confections are likely to influence them for the rest of their lives these aesthetic impressions just like the moral teachings of early childhood remain indelible um, so she she's obviously very conscientious of children's books have an effect on children um, so i think that's important as a, we can we can take for granted that she was very conscientious about um, this is going to be interpreted and it's going to have an effect on the kids who read it.
1: Sure. So, I, I mean, as a children's book author, either very conscientious or just very self-important. <laughs> 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 no, but I, I, I agree. You know, I, I get that.
0: Um, so it, it seems like the, the main kind of plot twist comes when this peddler, who is, you know, struggling on a particular day to, to sell his caps – um, he takes a nap and he realizes all his caps are gone, right? He looks around, he doesn't see him. Um, and then he finally looks up finally and he realizes that a band of monkeys has <laughs> stolen his caps. <laughs> um, right, because of course, yeah. <laughs>
1: right?
0: And there's this, there's this little line um, in the book where right, right as soon as he realizes that some monkeys inexplicably have stolen his caps, um, he's, it, it says he didn't know what to do. So there's this moment of confusion. Um, and it, to me, this is almost like the central kind of like crux of the, the story, at least in the aspect that I'm interested in. Because after that, he decides to speak to them, which I, I guess itself is kind of interesting that he decides to speak, speak to some monkeys. Um, but he, it becomes pretty immediate that he's angry at them. Um, and so this idea of anger is like the dominant kind of feeling In the book, at least, at least the way I read it, and what's what's interesting is the the story resolves itself not because he learns anything about anger or how to sort of control himself or or get what he wants um, in any sort of reasonable way, but his anger gets so excessive that he just throws his cap down eventually in frustration. And strangely, that's the thing that allows him to get his caps back, because the monkeys mimic him. And that just seems like such a strange, even if you don't want to call it a lesson, like you gotta think what what's a kid taking away about, oh, about anger in, from, from this? So that that's kind of my
1: well, confusion right there. Yeah, especially because it it seems like it's setting itself up for the uh the usual lesson, which is that anger and frustration are ultimately unproductive because you know he right. he does a lot of things out of anger and then he doesn't get his caps back and so you think oh it's, this is going to show that maybe then he has to sit down and be patient and come up with a plan but no that's that's not it <laughs> <laughs> that's not
0: it at all so no and that that's what's so confusing about this it, to me and then and then he he just he gets his caps back he puts them on his head and he just keeps watch- it, it's as if he seemingly has sort of learned nothing or taken nothing away from this experience, which as an adult reading this, the ending is a little disconcerting that he goes (laughs) through all of this and then he just sort of whistles away back into town. Um, what did you, what was your reaction the first time you, because
1: you're new to this book, right? That's right. Yeah. So I came to it, uh, as an adult. And so I kind of wonder what the, you know, what the difference when, when you, do you remember, like, do you remember thinking it odd as a child that this is what it is? Like, yeah, that's just what cat peddlers do is you. No, you, not at all. <laughs> and and yeah.
0: I was conscious of kind of watching my, my daughter and she didn't seem, I mean, she's pretty, she's not even three yet. So, but there, there doesn't seem to be any like tension or consternation. I, I think it's kind of an adult thing. Um, it's kind of a high level thing to, to look at it from this perspective, um, but like the author says, these things even if kids aren't consciously aware, they're kind of seeping into them on some level.
1: So what I, I just wonder, so, like, what's... So, so so is she just trying to be subversive? <laughs> like, what's the like, or just like she realizes that she has uh, you know, this this effect on children, but she's just morally bankrupt, and so she doesn't she doesn't care if the lessons <laughs> that are seeping in the wrong. I mean, I, I, I'm gonna So honestly, what I thought initially what the, the lesson was going to be was maybe. It it was a lesson about the monkeys, and that you you, you shouldn't because sometimes these stories are about you shouldn't just give into peer pressure and do what other people are doing, <laughs> and so it's like it, it's it's the monkeys that make the mistake of copying him, but then just the fact that he he I like get it, it's very anticlimactic, like you say, in the way that he just goes back whistling into town. So if if that is the lesson, it's 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 delivered with extreme brevity. <laughs> like there's, there's not a lot of emphasis on that particular thing. No. So I was, I was baffled by it too, especially like, like you say, coming to it as an adult where it's, you know, but, but p- partly maybe it's because, um, so I, uh, I, I read the book to Jack, but, I, but before I did so on your recommendation, I read to myself. And so I sort of had the luxury of being privately very amused, but that that's what <laughs> happened rather than like, you know, if, if I'd, maybe if I'd as soon as I got it read it to him in 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 real time, which is maybe what I should have done for the purity of the exercise, um, I would have been sort of like horrified that I was instilling <laughs> that that <laughs> kind of <laughs> that kind of moral universe, you know, uh, uh, implanting that in my son. But but I I I, I just thought it was very funny because like it, it was definitely not what I expected.
0: Right. So the only you know the, the only thing I can uh, the only kind of conclusion I can draw from this is is maybe that. Um, just the idea of looking for a moral and thinking like, kind of logically, like how does this work out? Like, what does this say about anger? I mean, maybe that's the problem: is that we're we're reading this like adults, and she's not writing it for adults, ultimately. Um, I so one thing that made it made me think about is in in my job as a as a psychologist and a, a therapist working with people, I'm often ultimately trying to help them solve problems. You know, to to figure things out. Um, but a lot of times before you can do that, before you can take steps to, to change some aspect of yourself, your life, a lot of times what people really just need is they need validation. Like, like they need to feel like they're heard, like that their struggle is, is real and that someone understands it. Not that they're going to fix it right away or that they have some great insight about it, but just that they understand it. Right. And so part of me thinks this, this this book, what happens in the book, it, from a kid's perspective, this may feel very lifelike, like th- as a kid, stuff just happens to you. And I got to imagine like crazy sounding, like looking things just happen to you, like out of the blue, probably much crazier than like having your cap stolen and looking up and seeing that it's a bunch of monkeys in a tree. Right. And, and as a kid, you probably just experience tremendous amounts of emotion. Um And then just as magically as the problem arose, a, a solution, you know, comes about, and then you just like kids do—they can throw a huge tantrum, and then five minutes later, they're just they're cuddling on your shoulder. And so I I wonder if what she's well, doing well, here, what they
1: don't know is that the parent has gone and got all those caps back. <laughs> <laughs> At great, at great cost <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so
0: so i don 't know maybe this story in its the confusion that I kind of read into it, maybe what that 's doing is it 's just sort of validating to a kid that like life is crazy sometimes and and, and they experience all this emotion, and there isn 't really any resolution or any kind of like logical explanation. It just sort of happens, and so maybe there's a way in which kids get kids get relief. From a confusing story where adults just see it as a confusing story that doesn't make sense what do you do you buy that what do you think
1: I well, I've, that that makes sense to me um, I kind of wonder when when you either from your own memories of having this read to you or when you read it sort of now as a parent is that um, is that a point and that you, that you're sort of interested in making or one thing that's been, that's interesting about this whole exercise is that I feel like when we were English majors, you're you're trained to be pretty wary of twisting a story towards your own prejudices or or saying maybe this is what the author is trying trying to communicate this, even if it's pretty clear that that's not you know what 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 they're trying to do. But as a parent or like a, as a as a teacher. Is it a different sort of role that you have? When you read the story, do you and Elena ask questions or do you just jump in there and sort of like tell her, well, maybe maybe Elena, the story's about like when things just happen for no reason, and how you process that or (laughs) or, do you try and seize teachable moments or has she asked questions or has she seen what does does she just sort of accept? Yep, no that's that's the way things are when you No, with-
0: she she's not I, she's probably just not old enough to really be at the stage where she's asking questions of books that she read. Um Right. And I have no interest in finding teachable moments in books and sort of like putting lessons into the bedtime ritual of reading to my kid like yeah, I'm so we, I'm... we we just read and she see you know she gets really delighted in the we act out the when the monkeys go tss, 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 back to the peddler and she loves that she loves kind of shaking her finger like at the peddler um and she gets really she's delighted in that but there are you know some when I read this there are times when she looks um uh like curious or a little kind of uh, quizzical like she's and I don't know maybe that's just because she looks like that all the time Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I I do wonder how much kind of tension there is in the story for her Um, but to answer your question no I don't I don't really make any teachable moments out of it okay so
1: so just for the for the sake of discussion imagine that she is older and she and it's and she's, she's conducting an interview with you rather than me. <laughs> and, and she says, so dad, what's this, what's this book about? And you told me th- the thing that you found interesting about it. Is that what you tell her? What you, if she says, what's this book about? How do you break it down to her? If she has questions or maybe you don't seek out teachable moments, but. Like, surely you wouldn't shy away from it if she asked some kind of question like that, right? Like, in the, no, in the future. But I think I would
0: be pretty indirect. Like, like, like,
1: you know, when when you're reading this to her when she's, when she's 17. <laughs> <laughs> right before bed. I'm tired of these books. <laughs> growing up with a psychologist for a father. <laughs> right. I know, uh, <laughs> I know you promised you're going to read to me for a, like a – you know, sixteen-year period, but I, I'm over. <laughs> I'm no, no, thanks. Um,
0: I, I think I would respond to a question like that very indirectly. I, I would kind of reflect back something like, um, "Yeah, I don't know. It's pre- it's pretty confusing." Um, and and just try. That's your, that's your
1: professional training. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but I I want to I want to make it okay that it's confusing and that like it's sort that. of ambiguous and to let her. You know, you mentioned being an English major and one of the things I loved about being an English major is it, it really taught a skill which I, I found is pretty invaluable in the rest of my life is to be to learn to be okay with ambiguity. Like sometimes things are just kind of crazy and there aren't really perfect explanations for them. Um and that y- you can sort of draw meaning out of it. Um and it's it, you may not know for sure that it's the perfect answer, but that's okay. Um And so I think that lesson is arguably more important than any kind of theory I could throw back for, you know, what the author is trying to teach kids about the nature of anger.
1: Once there was a peddler who sold caps, but he was not like an ordinary peddler, carrying his wares on his back. He carried them on top of his head. First, he had on his own checked cap. Then a bunch of gray caps, then a bunch of brown caps, then a bunch of blue caps, and on the very top, a bunch of red caps. He walked up and down the streets, holding himself very straight, so as not to upset his caps. As he went along, he called, Caps, caps for sale, 50 cents a cap. Yeah, you know, that makes that makes total sense, and I feel like interesting enough that that kind of gets at the thing that I thought was most interesting about this, which is just sort of um, like so. One one of the really like the the, the book, as short as it is, is sort of a masterclass on just the conspiratorial nature of of a fantasy in in children's books. So. They're not just creating these bizarre worlds. There's this sort of like wink, wink, relationship. Like the like the the authors treating the the audience and the reader like they know kind of the arbitrary rules of the worlds. So, I mean, unless I'm missing something about 1940s haberdashery there's no way to really be prepared for the fact that like the, the red caps, the most popular right. cap. But when the narrator tells us, you know, nobody wanted any caps that morning, nobody wanted even a red cap. Like we're, we're supposed to know, man, yeah, it must really be tough. You know, market wise, if nobody even wanted a red cap, that's <laughs> <laughs> really you know, like, economic troubles. So, and, and, but, and so I try, you know, I know you don't want these things to be a a teachable moment, but I feel like it's, First of all, that kind of cahoots of silliness is, is so much fun. I don't I don't know why it's why it's fun, but maybe it's maybe it's because uh, the parents and kids it, it kind of levels the playing field. Like the huh. like usually it's the, the parents know the the how the world works and the you know the kid asks the parents how the world oh, works, but interesting. we're we're just sort of in this bizarre world. I mean, everything the, the, the thing is it's kind of a mundane thing. This guy's just a cat peddler, but there's a, there's some things that are just off about it. Like yeah, he transports yeah. that the caps in a very impractical way on like, in a stack on his head <laughs> instead of, you know, hat cases or boxes or something like that. So it's definitely not the, it's not the most uh, sensible way to sort of conduct his business. <laughs> um, and uh, so we're the, the kid and the adult are sort of adrift on this together. But what I think is like funny is If if you're thinking about if if a kid does ask questions, how do you answer them? Like if they say, "Well, is that the best way to to carry caps?" Do you like it? Kind of ruins the like the the conspiracy of the the fans to say, "Well, for some reason he's carrying these caps," you know, like this some. But but just so you know, in, in the real world. You're not going to want to, you know, if you're selling caps, you're going to want to put them in a push cart or something, something like Awful. that. Awful. You
0: can't say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: you just fail it. I mean,
0: sorry. <laughs> I know this is the first <laughs> episode, but you fail a good night reading if, if <laughs> you explain caps for sale like that.
1: <laughs> right. But so, but, you know, but so that that's kind of an extreme. I mean, that that's a that's a, a, a real killjoy like, right. way to do it. But but there's obviously like, more minor kind of inflections on that where you're sort of like trying to, you know, parse, I mean, I guess this is the problem in in any, any bit of fiction, um, which is that, you know, some things in in books aren't real, but they, they, they deal, they deal in truth somehow. And you know, how you kind of like sort that out, especially when you're, you're young and you're just absorbing all this information about what the world is. Um, I mean, maybe it's not that important. I mean, I feel like there's, I, I don't know anybody that's like a, you know, grown up to be a, 25 year old and is still trying to find Hogwarts. maybe i'm sure there. i'm sure there's a few people out there but (laughs) like you can learn fairly soon kind of how to parse what's real and what's not and and even what's silly and what's not but does that question make sense at all about how like you kind of navigate like well this is like we these these things are the, the book has this own internal logic and you you sort of like have to you have to respect that
0: i part of me wonders if what if when that, when a kid hits that limit and they start to realize like, Hey, this is kind of, this doesn't make sense. Like what's, yeah. I, I wonder if that also is just the time when they stop being interested in the book. And so it almost oh. like doesn't come up, you know, like it's a, a kid is only going to be interested in it when it is kind of magical. And then, and then once they, once it becomes about like, um, you know, like learning things about life and like, why does it <laughs> I, I don't know. Like may, maybe that, maybe it stops but, becoming appealing.
1: But so well, here's the other question: Is do you you think they can sense that it's magical? So you think that they can that kids when they're reading books like this, they know that there's something goofy about stacking ca- you know twenty caps on your head or how, however many it is that, that that he has, and that that flags for that. Or is it maybe? They, um,
0: I don't know about they, the caps, but like the fact that there are you know, there's like a dozen monkeys in, in a tree, like above a, a I, I don't, I don't, I think there is something like, I, I remember the first time we, we read this and I flipped the book and she was definitely surprised when it turns out like where all his caps is gone is that there were like 15 monkeys in a tree and each one of them was wearing a cap. Like that was not expected. Like, you don't right. Yeah. Twist. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. Okay, restate your question for me, and, and let me see if I can give a more direct answer to it.
1: Oh, oh, oh no. So, so, how do you, um, first of all, part of it wasn't even, maybe that was what was confusing, because it wasn't even a question, really, because <laughs> I was just sort of marveling at you know how much fun it is that the, the reader is, is expecting to know about these arbitrary rules. Yeah. But then my question is just like sort of, well, when you're navigating this with a with a child, like how do you how do you sort of like navigate the, the the differences? And maybe maybe the 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 probably answer based on like the score with which you treated my pushcart question is that you you, you don't you, you just you just let the book be and you don't try and say this is you know now this this is this is a terrible way to do caps but for the sake of the story. It's just like accept that this is how he does it.
0: No, you I know. think you I think you reflect back the kids. Confusion and and questioning, I, I think you just sort of um, it's such a therapist term, but validate their experience with it, and, and you can
1: yeah, that's that's what I was trying to get at, which is like that for for them to find it wonderful, you know, they have got to know that there's something unusual about it without you sort of saying yeah, I've never seen that happen, but that is crazy, you know, you you know what I mean, like it has to yeah. be there has to be something remarkable or or, or zany at the very least <laughs> for 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 it to be intriguing or maybe maybe not maybe it's you know the the rhythms and just just the the picture maybe just even the picture of the peddler with all the caps on his head looks silly even if they even if it's something that people might do it, it just looks kind of goofy there is a lot of things that people do on the regular that are just goofy looking and maybe right. <laughs> this could be one of them i don't know
0: <laughs> so who I, I, this kind of gets to maybe both of our points um a, a kind of straightforward question which is do you, when kids read this do you think they identify more with the peddler or with the monkeys oh. like, like who cuz i think as adults you sort of naturally like the monkeys are the like the other right, right. I, I think <laughs> you just normally even if the peddler's kind of stiff and a little goofy you, you sort of think of him as the protagonist and the person to identify with well, you but you he
1: definitely if, he's definitely I mean, he's, he's, you start with a peddler and you end with the peddler. So just from kind of a narrative standpoint, yeah. but, right. but that being said, it sounds like the, the part that Elena really embraces is the monkey section. So maybe yeah. the monkey, maybe for her, this is, this is a story about monkeys, you know, and then the, <laughs> the peddler just, <laughs> just doing his thing. And then we, we have to wait till the monkeys make their, take their star turn, you know, for, 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 for <laughs> it's brief, but just <laughs> glorious. <Right. laughs> well, yeah. And, and if
0: this is a, if my thought about, what the book is doing is that it's it's sort of validating a kid's experience it it must seem like to a kid the world must like adults must look like the peddler and they're you know the kid just like grabs some hats you know and then the adults get all worked up and like start stomping <laughs> their feet and like waving their finger and they just go huh ah, this is funny you know and then as as just as soon as it happened they sort of lose interest and go on their way so i, I could see how a kid would identify more with the monkey yeah. Than with the pe- like, maybe adults are reading it totally the wrong way. That it, it should actually be from the perspective of the monkeys, and the, and right. that's why that's why it's the, the peddler is kind of absurd and silly because just like adult life to a kid is kind of absurd and silly,
1: I would think. Um. Well, so b- before before I let you go, um, just just a a lightning round, which I feel like is something that <laughs> that. You you enjoy more than I do, so we'll, we'll see how I do as a as a as a lightning round questioner. Um, so if you could pick any celebrity to narrate the book, who do you choose? Ooh,
0: um, I don't know. I don't know why, but uh,
1: Will Ferrell comes to mind. Okay, so here's here's the follow up to that. Is that the same person that you would pick if this there's a live action adaptation? Of the book, and like you're picking the person you're casting the peddler, Ooh, so not definitely. just the person who
0: no definitely i I feel like it actually works better as the uh, him kind of visual or maybe uh maybe John Cleese would be another one I could see
1: I could see John, that. the
0: kind of physical comedy of John Cleese might be a good you one. know
1: so i'm an, I would say uh I, I don't intend to a- answer all these questions <laughs> <laughs> that I'm asking you, but i actually I think that uh John C. riley you know, Will Ferrell's often community partner would be a tremendous peddler.
0: That's a great, that's a great
1: choice. Okay. Um, so the next question, if if you have to dress up or if you dress up as the peddler for a costume or a Halloween party, what chance, like with all the caps, what chance do you feel like you would have of being recognized?
0: Um, do I get to wear the
1: caps? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you, you can dress Uh. dress up as the cap, you get the mustache. Like how, how widespread is this book? And is it, and even if it's people, everybody knows it, like is it really at the forefront of people's minds? I mean <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so i'm i'm at a party with my peers i assume right other 30 yeah. somethings who maybe yeah. have kids um i would say there's a i say pretty good um i if i had to put a number on it i'd say just over half 55% of people would get it
1: okay that's very confident <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> i like false um, precision with numbers right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right um so you said it already in the podcast, but how do you say the the tz, 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 what's the what's what's the Wignall preferred pronunciation? Tz, tz, tz. Yeah, okay, yeah. So it's it's um, a little less
0: like laser gun than than your
1: version. Yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why Jack is so confused. <laughs> um, so since you encountered this, you in childhood, is that how you remembered it being? read to you like you already had like when you started reading this book you already had that pronounce you already had that delivery sort of set up
0: um no I, d- I don't remember that particularly at least not consciously from when I was young um, so I assume I just sort of I, I read it as an adult and that's just how it happened to come out
1: so we, we've obviously um, re- recorded both of these but it'd be interesting to if you were to record your parents reading this book and see oh. if they make make the same sound or, or, or even, you know, recording more of the book and seeing how, how much of kind of the rhythm is similar to the way that you do it and how much of that sort of absorbed. That would be fascinating. Hmm. Um, so, uh, and then finally, if you could make one change to the story, what would it be?
0: Oh man. Um, maybe,
1: or maybe, maybe it's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to change anything. That's, that's acceptable too.
0: I want to know how, I don't, I'm going to um, bend your question here, but sure. after there's a, the scene where the, the monkeys throw all the caps down and the caps are all fluttering down. And then the next page is the peddler sitting on the ground, picking up the cat or like kind of stacking the caps by color. Um, what I, one thought, and maybe this comes from watching too many like, um, you know, TV shows that have run out of steam, but could you make the case that this is a, I, I think famously like Dallas, the mo- the movie or the TV series did this, but they they made the claim that it's all a dream. Oh right. So like he when he sits down to at the tree, he falls asleep and he, you know, as he sleeps, he kind of moves and his hats fall all over the place. And then he wakes up and sees all his hats all over the place, but the dream is that it was because this band of monkeys came and stole them all.
1: Yeah. I mean that you can totally work back from that. What a <laughs> 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 I would love to sort of see you spinning these uh capture cell conspiracy theories to your daughters <laughs> like, like what well, you don't realize girls <laughs> really it was it was all in his head <laughs> hey
0: everyone we hope you enjoyed this episode of a thousand and one good nights if you want to learn more about this book and other bedtime stories check out our website at 1001goodnights.com. That's 1001goodnights.com. Be sure to sign up for our monthly email newsletter to get updates about upcoming seasons and other new content. Finally, please help us out by rating the show on iTunes. This helps spread the word about the show and get it in front of new listeners each week.